Hello, my name is Felicia Goings and I want to welcome you back to WordCast. In this episode, I'm going to break down the spiritual side of something that many people are familiar with called sleep paralysis. Now, if you're not familiar with sleep paralysis, I'll give you the definition. Sleep paralysis is defined medically or scientifically as a temporary inability to move or speak while falling asleep or waking up. So I don't know if you've ever experienced waking up in the morning or trying to fall asleep at night and you're like, I can't move, what is going on? Not only can you not move, but you also cannot uh, speak. I've been there before. I've experienced sleep paralysis before. I remember years during my childhood where I would experience sleep paralysis quite often, like it was a known thing. And I also remember when I got to the point where it stopped completely. So in this episode, I'm going to share what is happening at times when we experience what's called sleep paralysis and what we need to do about it. Y'all, this episode is going to open many eyes. So I need you to stay tuned from beginning until end and soak in every single thing that's going to be shared. And for those of you who've been tuning into the previous few episodes of WordCast, you know that we've been in a series talking about the five types of people according to the Bible. Now, let me give this disclaimer for anybody who is not a Christian and you're tuning into this, or maybe you don't even believe in God, you can still benefit from the wisdom that I'm going to share in this episode. But I want to get back to the people who you've been following me uh, talking about the five types of people according to the Bible. So we've already gone over the first type of person, which is the un believer, the second person type, which is the new believer, the third person type, which is the carnal Christian. And this episode, we're going to talk about person type number four, which is the spiritually mature. About a week ago, I had four friends in town uh, staying with me. They were working on a project in Atlanta and they were all staying at my house. So it was like two in the morning. I was up talking to one of them and we were just talking about things about the Bible, God. And we started talking about possession, like demonic possession and this idea of whether Christians can be possessed or not possessed, you know, all the stuff that, that some of you guys may be familiar with. And while we're talking, I get this text message from one of my loved ones. This is a 15 year old loved one it's two something in the morning so when I see their name pop up on my phone and I look at the time I'm like "Hmm, what is up so I get this text message and the text message says hey I just had sleep paralysis and I read the text message and I was like and the first thing I did was check my spirit in my spirit I didn't even say it out loud I was still mid-conversation with the friend that I was speaking to I was like God what is going on it's two something in the morning this 15 year old is messaging me and I know they have school in the morning what is going on and God spoke to me very clearly the Lord said it's an enemy so at that particular point when I heard the Lord say that I knew that I was about to deal with something that was spiritual and not just natural so I message back and I say do you know what that means do you know what sleep paralysis actually means and they say no so at this point I'm like okay something has happened and they don't fully understand it so instead of calling them in a panic right away I sent a text and I said can you tell me what happened They proceed to tell me that they were sleeping. They were laying on their back sleeping and they woke up. And when they woke up, they saw that their door was open in their bedroom and the light was on in the hallway. Now, everybody in the house was asleep. All the lights in the house were off. They typically sleep with the door in their room closed. They said that they saw something in the bed with them to their right and that it was a black thing. So in the message, it's a 15 year old. 
I'm already understanding as they're texting me back, I'm already seeing in the writing on the wall, so to speak. So they proceed to say, I see something black in the bed with me. And then they say they try to move and speak and they weren't able to move or speak. And they felt something sit on their stomach. Now they're seeing something to the right, something black in the bed with them. And now they're feeling something sit on their stomach. I think they got spooked because in the text message, my loved one was like, so I closed my eyes up really, really quick. And then I felt something sit on my stomach for like 15 seconds. This is the details that they're giving me in the text message for like 15 seconds and it hurt. So while I'm reading this message, y'all, my spirit is revving up like a samurai ninja. Like I got a sword because I feel like I know exactly what's going on because God has already told me that it was an enemy. So anyway, they said that they feel this pain in their stomach and like something is just sitting on them and they're trying to move. And so they close their eyes again. A few more seconds pass and then they open their eyes up the door is closed now to their bedroom nobody else in the house is up the door to their bedroom is now closed they are not dreaming now they're able to move and speak and my loved one said that's when i picked the phone up to text you y'all when this little boy was describing this to me in this text message i am telling you I felt like I was holding a sword in the spirit and I was ready to slice and dice whatever was in that room. My typical response when I recognize that something is supernatural, that it's an enemy, you know, something's going on that should not be going on. I respond very quickly and very directly in prayer in the spirit. There's a specific way that God has taught me on how to, what's the word I'm looking for? How to execute write things in the spirit and shut stuff down so at this point reading this text message i'm like oh you have lost your mind enemy you better leave my baby alone and i call anybody in my family you know like my my friends kids or my relatives the little ones that i'm connected to i'll call them my baby or my kids regardless of my relation to them that's how i feel spiritually it's like oh you have touched one of mine you are about to get got so i've learned how to get stuff done in the spirit with the lord so i'm revved up i'm ready to go but i feel this calmness and almost like god is is telling me kind of you know be chill stay right here in this space and call him while i was on the phone with him when we first started the conversation i was not to jump right in and start praying and deal with the situation and speak and do all the things that i know to do in a situation like that and handle it that's not what god was leading me to do god started giving me these questions to ask my loved one so i'm on the phone I'm on my cell phone and i'm like i said hey when you felt something sitting on your stomach and you said it hurt your stomach and it was there for a while and then you were suddenly able to move and you saw that your door was closed. I said, this is what the Lord gave me to ask them. Did you feel something enter you? Did you feel something go into you? And they said, yes, ma'am, a little bit. Y'all, I already knew what happened. And I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit had me grounded on the inside that I didn't panic. I didn't. Ah! <laughs> 
and start praying and speaking in tongues and do the things that I know can be done in a place of prayer when you are warring against something. You're trying to shut something down in the spirit that shouldn't be going on in the life of a child of God. I didn't even go to that mode. The Lord gave me a scripture. And the scripture that he gave me was Ephesians chapter six, verse number 12. I'm going to flip over there. I tell my loved one, I say, hey, go get the Bible out. Do you have the Bible that I gave you a long time ago? They say yes. So they go get their Bible out. I knew the reason why the Lord gave me this scripture. It, it was so that they could understand what was going on. Ephesians chapter six, verse number 12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so I began to explain to my loved one what that scripture meant and basically telling them that these spiritual powers, spiritual wickedness, principalities, all those things, it's another word for demons. It's demonic spirits, demonic power being in operation. I told them, I said, so what you experienced was a very real thing that happened. I want you to know that I believe what you're telling me, but you also have to know what it was, that what you saw in the bed with you was a demon. That is not how God manifests himself. You weren't delusional or sleeping. Your door was open. Then you said your door was closed and nobody was up. Baby, I believe you. And so that's one of the things that I did. And I think it's important to do that with children. If you have a child, whether it's a teenager or somebody even younger than a teenager in your life, friend, loved one, whatever the case may be, if they are frightened in the middle of the night by something, they're saying something's in their room, something is under their bed. What a lot of people who don't understand spiritual things or who are not um, familiar with certain things that the Bible says, what they'll do is fan it off and say it's just a child's imagination or hallucination. When you research sleep paralysis, it talks about the hallucinations associated with it. Any person who is a born again believer, you have read the word of God and you have experiences with the spiritual realm in prayer or however you've grown in your understanding with God concerning these things. When you read what these hallucinations are, you will recognize that it's patterns of demonic activity. Like for those of us that are aware of what the Bible says and people who have reported these various experiences from sleep paralysis and a doctor or a scientist will say, oh, this was a hallucination. And then when they describe the hallucination, you're like, that was not a hallucination. That was a demon. I recognize exactly what that is. Some of the stuff sounds like scenes from the Bible, literal things that people in the Bible experience and the Bible tells us that they were demonic things. I asked them that they understand what it was. And then I said, I said, hey, so do you think that there was one or multiple demonic spirits in your room. And it was almost like my loved one had a sigh of relief to understand what it was. Because when I asked that question, they were like, I think it was multiple ones because I saw one beside me on my bed and it was black. And then I felt a different something sitting on my stomach and it was painful. And then I couldn't move. Now, while they're telling me this, I'm getting clarity from the Holy Spirit that that whole feeling of you being still, that's because something is holding you down. Your legs, your hand, 
every something is holding you down to keep you from moving holding you against your will because you want to move but you cannot so it's not going to be oh just one little imp of a spirit no they're going to travel in packs like those of you who have studied this kind of thing through the word of god you understand a lot of times if there's a a spirit present it's not by itself now let me explain this my loved one is born again my loved one is a believer in jesus has received salvation when they were a little kid so people get confused about like oh can a christian be possessed the thing is what i wanted to explain to my loved one was that demonic spirit where you felt like something entered you or something went in you sometimes it's a matter of oh maybe the spirit is not gaining position over the entire body but depositing something you're not an angry person and then all of a sudden you become enraged to the point of murdering somebody that that is a something was deposited in that person people don't just wake up serial killers something happens on the inside of them if they're not born with that stuff in them something is deposited in them at some point of time in their life when things like this happens and something goes inside of a person what is going in them it's a deposit from the enemy that is a that can be different than a person being totally possessed by a demonic spirit there are times where the, the enemy knows this too a born again spirit he cannot touch that born again spirit is perfect but a person's mind and their body like you've had uh, um believers in jesus christ their spirit was born again but certain ailments were attached to their body and then they end up getting delivered from a spirit and when they're delivered from that spirit all of a sudden that ailment or that sickness leaves as well so there are natural things that are happening in the body and then there are supernatural things that happens in people's bodies and they know not that is supernatural because they're only looking at the natural effect of it. The enemy seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. And sometimes the way in which the enemy does that is to deposit something in a person's life. Depositing something that will later on steal from them. Depositing something that will later on destroy. Depositing something that will later on kill off their love for God or kill off their affinity for the Bible and turn them to other things. After we established what it was and my loved one understood according to the scripture what it was that they saw and experienced, the Lord led me to go to Luke chapter 10. And their Bible was the NIV, so that's the Bible we were reading it out of. So if you have your Bible, uh, scroll or flip over to Luke chapter 10, verses number 18 and 19. It says, he, Jesus, replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Now, I'm going to read the King James version of this same scripture. And it says, and he, Jesus, said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, this verse number 19 now. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So in the KJV, it says power. That word power we see in the NIV is authority. So I proceed to lead my loved one through understanding the scripture. Now, keep in mind, I realize what God is doing. 
God is using this moment to mature this individual spiritually at 15 years old. Instead of me praying, instead of me clearing house, clearing the space, even though I was in a completely different state, there are things you can do in the spirit. You don't even have to be there physically and it will go down in the spirit when you understand what I'm about to share with you guys right now that I shared with my loved one. So I said, hey, looking at this scripture, when you look at Luke chapter 10, verse number 18 who has the authority out of satan and jesus if jesus said i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven who has the authority out of satan and jesus and my loved one said jesus i said okay now who did jesus give that authority to verse number 19 jesus says i have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions my loved one said us here's the key question i asked him why this is what the lord led me to tutor my loved one in why did jesus give us authority and they didn't have the answer and it was quite all right because there was a time when i didn't have the answer when we read verse number 20 it says jesus was telling them don't rejoice that the spirits or demonic spirits submit to you. You know, he was telling the disciples, don't be so moved that demonic spirits obey you. When you tell them to leave, they leave. Don't rejoice over that. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. What does that mean? Your names are written in heaven. You are people of God. You are a child of God. Your name is written in heaven that you belong to the most high God. So I asked my loved one, why did Jesus give authority to us? Because we are children of God, because you are a child of God. So I asked, are you a child of God? My loved one said, yes. So because you are a child of God, what did Jesus give you? My loved one said, authority. Why do you have authority? This is me quizzing them in the moment. Why do you have authority? Because I'm a child of God. Now, this is the next part that we went over. Verse number 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Now, the first verse that we looked at, Ephesians 6 and 12, told us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So snakes and scorpions, those are actual animals. What we're dealing with here, though, is a spiritual matter. So we know that this is representing a demonic spirit. So I asked the question, what do you have authority over according to this verse? And they said, demonic spirits. What did you see in your room? A demonic spirit based off what Ephesians 6 and 12 said. But this key word here says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. So let's look up the word trample. I'm walking y'all through exactly what I walked them through. Trample, to tread on and crush. I said, now look up the word crush. We're familiar with that term. Let's look up the word crush. Let's get very specific about what your authority can do in a situation with a demonic spirit. Crush, compress or squeeze forcefully so as to break, damage, or distort in shape. Another definition of crush, violently subdue, suppress, or put down. So in other words, if you are trampling on a demon, if you're using your authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions, which we know are demonic spirits here in this scripture, if you are trampling on demonic spirits, what are you doing? You are crushing, you are forcefully taking authority over a situation and getting them 
anything supernatural that would try to harm us and come against us, Jesus has given us authority over those things. And the last part of it says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. So I asked my loved one, I said, do you have authority from Jesus? Yes. They said, why do you have authority? Because I'm a child of God. What can you do with your authority? Trample over serpents and scorpions. I said, what else? And over all the power of the enemy. Now, all they're doing is reading this scripture, but this is the truth of God's word. This thing had to be planted and embedded on the inside of this 15 year old so that they could mature spiritually. And I said, now, what is the last part that Jesus says? And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, if nothing shall by any means hurt you, should you be afraid of a demon spirit? They said, no, why? Because I have authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and all the working power of the enemy. So we go through these two verses. I say them backwards and forwards. I'm literally like making sure that they understand the context of this scripture before we use it. So then I said, well, you have authority. And what you saw in your room were demonic spirits. So what we need to do is get them out. You ready? They were like, yes. I said, now, how do you use your authority? And I paused and they paused. And my loved one said, from my mouth. And I said, how do you know that? Who taught you that? And they said, you told me when I was little. And I was like, what? You remembered that. You were like six or seven years old when I taught you that. You are 15 years old now. And you still retain that small nugget of truth from God's word that your authority is in your mouth. And you release that authority through the words that you speak. I said, I want you to get still. And I just had my loved one close their eyes. You don't have to close your eyes. But I just didn't want any distractions. So I say, get still, close your eyes and repeat after me. Jesus has given me authority. And they repeated it. Jesus has given me authority. It is the same authority he operated in. And I command right now, anything that is in me, that is not of God, that enter into me to go now. In Jesus name, every demonic thing leave in Jesus name. Y'all, I was saying it with aggression. I get turned up, but my loved one, they have a different personality and they were just calmly reciting exactly what I was saying. But when I said that last part of go now in Jesus name, I felt something leave in the spirit on their end. I was discerning what was happening in the spirit where they were concerned. And so I paused for a minute. It was quiet. They didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. And then I said, now, baby, did you feel something leave you? And they said, yes, ma'am. I said, what part of your body did it leave? They said, uh, my whole body. I felt something like, like release my whole body. When they said that y'all was such a peace, I knew this 15 year old had experienced deliverance. If you're not familiar with that term, deliverance oftentimes is used to describe the departure of a demonic spirit from a person. They got delivered from something that was demonic. They got delivered. People get delivered from addictions, delivered from uh, certain illnesses or pains. In this particular case, they experienced deliverance. And I said, so describe to me, what is it? You felt something release. How do you feel? And they said, good. <laughs> 
I said, okay. Uh, and and I'm, I'm looking for words. I said, how about this? Do you feel peace? And they were like, yes, peace. That's what I mean, peace. So they were describing peace as a really good feeling, which is a completely different feeling than what they were feeling before. I said, now, okay, if you were able to do that with yourself, you have the authority to do that in your room and in your house. So I said, again, I want you to repeat after me in the name of Jesus. I command any demonic spirit, anything not of the holy most high God in this room or in this house to go leave in Jesus name, leave this neighborhood, leave this premise and go to an uninhabited place. That was the command. Now we just saw in the scripture, Jesus said, don't rejoice that demons obey you. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven, written in the books of heaven. Jesus is saying, rejoice over the fact that you're a child of God. That's small potatoes that a demonic spirit obeys you. Of course they obey children of God when you know your authority. It, it was almost as if to say, this is no big deal. Of course they obey. They have to obey what you're saying. You're speaking in the authority of Jesus Christ, not your own own authority. So after I had them say that, I said, now go in the kitchen. Now I know that the light is on in, in, in the hallway where their bedroom is. And I know how their house is laid out. And I'm thinking, okay, it's dark in the kitchen. It's dark in the living room, but they are to have no fear. I said, now go in the kitchen. But before you go in the kitchen, are you afraid? And they said, no, ma'am. And the reason why I was telling them to go in the kitchen is so they wouldn't be afraid to get up and walk around their house just because they saw something in it a previous time before. I said, now you walk in the kitchen and you turn the light on. I said, now you stand there in the kitchen. Do you feel like something is in this kitchen? And they said, no, ma'am. I said, do you have peace on the inside? They said, yes, ma'am. I said, now go to the living room. So they go to the living room. I said, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to stand there and I want you to check your spirit. Do you feel like something is in this room? They said, no, ma'am. I said, you check. Do you have peace on the inside? They said, yes, ma'am. I said, the reason why you have peace on the inside because there's not anything demonic or disturbing in that house because you just use your authority and got it out. I said, now go back to your bedroom. And the Lord gave me two additional instructions. One of the instructions was for them to write down the scripture, Luke chapter 10, verses 18 through 19, write the scripture down on a piece of paper. And I said, hey, I'm going to do the same thing. So we both wrote the scriptures down. We sent each other pictures of our pieces of paper. The Lord's instructions were to tape the written scripture to the back of their bedroom door. And I told them that I was gonna tape mine to the back of my office door. So we did that, we exchanged the pictures, and then the Lord had me to walk him through what the Holy Spirit spoke to me was sealing it, sealing the moment. I knew what that meant, but before I tell you what that means, I want to read something to you in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43, so that it makes sense. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is describing what happens once you come in an unclean spirit to leave. So that's what I walk my loved one through, how to get it out of you and how to get it out of your house. And the Lord was saying to seal it. Once you get it out, there's something else for you to do. So Matthew chapter 12, verse number 43, Jesus says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return, he being the spirit. I will return into my house from where I came out of. And when he comes back to where he came out of, he finds it empty, 
swept and garnished. So the space where that spirit used to have habitation, used to dwell, used to be, the space is now cleansed because the unclean spirit isn't there anymore. Verse number 45. Then he, the spirit goes and takes with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself and they enter in and dwell there and the last state of that man is worse than the first so jesus is saying when an unclean spirit is evicted from a place where it was i don't care if that spirit has been there for 20 years or 20 seconds when you command a spirit to leave in the authority of Jesus Christ that spirit leaves but what this scripture is teaching us is when it comes back if it finds that space empty now it wants to go in and bring others with it so that it's not so easily displaced or evicted again so this is why the Lord instructed me to walk my loved one through sealing what we just did so I asked what the Lord gave me I said hey have you asked God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. And my loved one said, uh, I think so when I was little, I think I did it with you. I spent a lot of time with this particular individual in their childhood. And I said, you know what? I don't remember if we did that or not. I said, but we can be sure you can ask him right now. Do you want to do it? And he said, yes, ma'am. So I said, okay, just repeat after me. Say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to be totally full and submitted to you in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it. You just asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I paused and he paused. And I said, well, baby, how do you feel now? And my loved one said, good. I said, do you have peace? Yes, ma'am. Do you have peace all over? Yes, ma'am. They got filled with the Holy Spirit of God. So now if something of the enemy seeks to take up residence in a particular area of their life or environment, what they're going to bump into is the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit in this 15 year old's life. So I wanted to share that with you guys so that you could understand sleep paralysis is not a natural occurrence every single time. Some people have experienced sleep paralysis because it was a demonic attack with the attempt to possess them or deposit something into them that the enemy could use later. So I am telling you, if you have experienced this, if weird stuff happens to you when you're sleeping, if you're having dreams where, you know, you are being being intimate physically with someone in those dreams and you are actually having physical sensations, those things are not normal. Those things are not just natural. There are demonic entities that induce those type of dreams. Why would the Bible say that it's best for us to wait until marriage to have sex with our spouse that the Lord brings into our life, but then allow these strange dreams. You're having sexual relations with different people or this person or that person, and you're not married to them. I'm telling you, the enemy operates in these different ways. And when you get in the word and you understand these things, you can peep game pretty easily if you allow the Lord to lead you and open your eyes. So whether it's sleep paralysis, whether it's perverted dreams or perverted feelings, you don't have to feel 
feel ashamed. You don't even have to feel scared or fearful or like something is wrong with you. Something is wrong with the enemy. Something is wrong with anything or anybody that tries to replace God and be God. So in Luke chapter 10, verse number 18, when Jesus says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning, he fell from heaven because he got kicked out for trying to be God. He got raised up in pride. He lost his privileges that he had in heaven and he was stripped of his authority. So we have authority over all the work and power of the enemy now. We are out of time, but stay tuned for when the next episode will post, where we will pick this conversation back up again, and I will share three practical steps to supercharge yourself in walking in authority. But go ahead and start applying everything you learned today. I believe you're going to get life-changing results. It only works if you work it. So even if you have to listen to this episode again, listen to it multiple times, take notes, whatever works for you, just make sure you are applying what you learn. My name is Felicia Goins. Please share this episode with someone that you love. Be sure to give a thumbs up on the episode and subscribe to WordCast if you aren't already. You can watch WordCast on YouTube or tune in via podcast platforms. Thank you so much for the support. Don't forget that I left you some information in the comment section of this episode. Feel free to reach out to me at Felicia at WordCast.today if you'd like to stay in touch or follow me on social media and send me a message. I love you. Have an amazing day. I'm so excited about your spiritual growth and all that God is doing for you as you tune into the word. Love you. Bye.